Welcome to the Loudwire Podcast. And I'm Graham. And I'm Joe. And today, I don't know why we did that. I know exactly why we did that. Because we have Manuel from Zealand Arter here with us today. <laughs> that does not hold a candle to what he's able to do on that record. Not at all. No. Uh, We're vying to be backing musicians. Yes, yeah, Zealand Arter. Uh, I've been more excited about this new band than pretty much any other new band in the last couple of years uh so of course when we heard that manuel gagno the mastermind behind the band was coming to america to do a little bit of press we had to get him in for a podcast absolutely love zeal and the devil is fine album so we had him in here talked all about it his future plans what he wants to do creatively with the band uh and i guess the bands that he has now uh, if you're going to be seeing Zeal and Ardor later this year, you're not going to be seeing that band. Nope. Visa issues. So an entirely new band. Hey, welcome to the music industry. Yeah. Visa issues can't get into the U.S. Have fun. It's funny. After the podcast ended, he's like, yeah, I hope this whole thing with this new band works out. <laughs> and we're like, have you lined people up? He's like, yeah, I hope it goes okay. <laughs> but apparently he's got some uh, very talented people in his corner to to do these shows here in the States in uh, August, I think it is. But, man, uh, a real creative dude. And if you're not familiar and you're just tuning in the Loudwire podcast because you just love it so much and you wait for every new episode, <laughs> Zeal and Ardor mix together black metal and spiritual slave chants. Yes, slave Taking spirituals. metal into a completely untapped realm, which is incredibly tough to do in today's day. Yeah, and also using the concept of Satanism in a new way uh, as to where the American slaves were either preached Satanism or used Satanism as a rebellion to the religion of their captors, which, of course, historically was Christianity. So what if they embraced Satanism? What would their chants sound like? To me, that is one of the coolest concepts to come into metal in a long time because the satan thing is so played out i love evil music i love satanic music but man to actually take the first of all theistic satanism not you know just levian philosophical stuff and turn it on its head and really do something original with it what a breath of fresh air that is and then incorporating blues and deep grooves into it, like, this dude has a vision, and a lot of people are getting on board, uh, I'm one of those people, I just think this band has so much potential growth, and maybe even, besides the satanic lyrics, maybe some mass appeal, because of the crossover stuff, if, if Dion, mass appeal, <laughs> if Dionford can get a giant audience with making music that weird. Now, that would be a hell of a tour. Dion Ward, Zeal, and Ardor? Yeah. I'd go see that. Literally. I would. A hell of a tour. I gotta stop with these puns. I'm sorry, yeah, guys. Stop it. So, everybody, this is our interview with Manuel from Zeal and Ardor. It's time to sit down. And shout! All right, everyone, Loudwire Podcast, and today we've got Manuel from the Mighty Zeal and Ardor, and thank you so much for coming by, man. Thanks for having me. This is 
incredible. Oh, dude, we're so happy to have you here. Uh, Zealand Arters, I haven't been so excited about a new band in, in quite a while. I'm like, at first, I think like most people who listened to it, I was just like, I don't understand this whatsoever. But then, or like, after, wait, did I click on the wrong thing? Yeah, is this metal? Like, <laughs> what is this? Like, br- hurt my head. But after a little bit, I was like, damn, like, I just got more and more into it. I'm sure a lot of people have told you the same thing. But man, I think Zealand Arter has come up with one of the most interesting concepts in metal for a really long time. And uh, when it comes to mixing the old slave spirituals with black metal and just thinking about what if the slaves were preached Satanism? Like, what would their spirituals sound like? I think that's such a... It, first of all, it would make a great horror movie. It would, right? And, yeah. <laughs> I would Satanic love imperialism. See, dude, I would love to see that movie. Um, if people don't really know, this very beautiful project had sort of an ugly beginning yeah. on the... On 4chan. Uh, yeah, on the worst place. The darkest <laughs> holes of the internet. On the internet, 4chan. So if, if, if people don't know it already, would you mind uh, recollecting that? Sure, yeah. Um, I was working on another project and I got kind of bummed like creatively and um, I'd go on 4chan, well, their music board, and I'd ask like two members to name a musical genre each and I'd make a song out of it in like 30 minutes or so. Yeah. And one day, one guy says nigger music and the other guy goes black metal and um, like instead of being offended, I think like the bigger fuck you in that situation would just be to actually make a good sounding song. Yeah. It didn't sound that good the first time, though. <laughs> but after a couple of iterations. I've heard some of those old demos, too. I found them uh, little bits of and corners of the internet, some of that Sneaky. real old stuff. Yeah, just like after, after, you know, you got the uh, Devil's Fine record, I was like, man, I need to find all these other little songs. Like, where can I find them here, here, here? So I've got all those little pieces, and, man, it just seems like you're fleshing out this idea more and more as you go on and so at what point did it become did it go from just kind of like a little joke like okay yeah i'll put these two together and put it on the internet to actually wanting to take this seriously and actually develop it as a full-fledged concept um like that still didn't happen quite yet seriously uh i just love melding the two and i think it's interesting just thematically but uh as in in terms of um actually like pursuing it like this i think the the catalyst was, uh, well, Kim Kelly wrote about it and she tweeted about it. Yeah, and mm-hmm. he's been an early uh, supporter. supporter. Yeah, like, she's awesome. And then Rolling Stone did, like, a piece on it, and I figured this might Isn't be... Isn't that cool? This might be <laughs> a little more than I thought. Like, how did I end up here? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. once that once you get the traction from there, it's kind of impossible to not to pursue it, right? Yeah, I like, I got mobbed into this, bullied into it by <laughs> Rolling Stone magazine. Bullied by the internet. Yeah. Well, then that's the Strangely right place to start on 4chan. Yeah, it's, like it's the metal elitist who are like, we need more of this uh, beyond anyone else, really. Uh, when it comes to using satanic themes it's, it's hard to done, do with sincerity it's today it's been done a million times and to actually come around and do something new first of all to put like this sort of blues and spirituals thing with black metal it shouldn't work like it shouldn't work no, no. <laughs> somehow it sh- it just works it's it's almost like not to blow smoke up your ass but like a rage against the machine like th- that shouldn't work 
yeah. but then it works and then it just clicks and people go oh I'm, I'm turned on to this well i think the thing about having the black metal foundation is that black metal at its core really hinges around atmosphere there are a lot mm. of the bands aren't really going with today's modern slick overproduced albums they're still going for a little bit of that low fire trying to find their own unique sound in the production yeah. i think once everything is predicated on atmosphere that just completely opens up the book as to what else you can throw into there to add to that atmosphere yeah it's true i think like there's also two two ways of listening to black metal like one is just kind of being like pushed away by it or having it like as a wind in your back but if you like precede it with some slave chants who you know that sound really inclusive and you want to clap and sing along and then in, then you um hit it with some black metal it's automatically like that wind in the back feeling mm. yeah to use uh something like uh, and to use chains as percussion also just making a, a more creative and visual statement with the music which, which i again i really yeah. really enjoy and uh, it's it's sort of a different kind of sacrilege, you know. Instead yeah. of you know, as as these black metal guys with coarse paint like "Hail Satan" and stuff, it's really about the characters in the music that are are speaking of Satan as salvation, as true salvation, not just you know as as your creative mind, but as oh, once this hell is over. We're yeah. going to the actual hell, <laughs> like, <laughs> which is great, like going to the fire. So, can you tell me about? you know, really getting deep into this creative process, visualizing, you know, these characters that you sing about and, and what they want in their afterlife? Um, well, to me, it was more of, um, well, I was wondering why uh, American slaves incorporated the, the spirituality of their oppressors and masters into their actual own music. Yeah. So to rebel, like in the way that the Norwegian black metal people did, um, would mean to incorporate Satan in some way. And in modern Satanism, like in Levain Satanism, it's not that much about spirituality, but about mm. um, self-fulfillment and self-liberation. Yes. Become your own god. Exactly. And that's actually what a slave would want in some weird way. I mean, I'm bastardizing the term by quite a stretch now. But yeah, it does make sense if you kind of stretch your mind a little. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean... We were actually talking about that earlier, about the type of Satanism that is within these songs. Uh, you know, a lot of the black metal bands, they use the Levian philosophical Satanism. Mm -hmm. And not that many bands really go the theistic route. Yeah. And when they do, it's still nothing like this. And uh, we were actually also talking about, hmm, like, if these slaves are going to hell, like... In the theistic sense. In the theistic mm -hmm. sense, if they're they're looking forward to going to hell, are they going to then be the oppressors of their oppressors? Are they going to be, take part in, you know, uh, hurting these slave owners? Because if you worship like the devil and then you go to hell, you can't be like, well, I'm going to punish you. Can't like, be hey, good work, <laughs> man. Like, thanks. <laughs> I, could, I could definitely use some help up there. <laughs> so it may very well be. I mean, uh, some of the lyrics are um, taken from... Like a grimoire called um, the Book of Abramelin, which is about like summoning the big bads like uh, Baal and Leviathan and stuff like that. Mm. And if you were to succeed in that, you'd you'd be pretty set in hell. Like it's <laughs> it, you you do good. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be like little Nikki. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> yeah. Where does Ozzy factor in now? 
Yeah, I, I was thinking <laughs> like if if you are a, a, a Satanist and you go to hell, really the worst thing that could happen to you is you just end up in like a, an apartment without air conditioning. That's really can that's mm. that's your biggest punishment. They can't yeah. be that mean to you. It's like uh, you you spread my word, guy. You're all right. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, with the devil is fine record, uh, you can tell that it's sort of a collection of music that's not entirely conceptual. You know, with the same mood throughout. You know, you've got those uh, uh the sacrilegium interludes. Uh, so. When you're going to do this follow-up record, what do you think it's going to sound like? Is it going to be more of a Devil Is Fine uh, title tr- title track theme throughout the whole thing? Is it going to get a little weird? Is it going to have the lullaby, uh, this kind of xylophone stuff in it? What, what do you predict there? Um, I'd like to make it a little more cohesive, but um, yeah. I still want to be a little bit of experimental with it. I think um, to just have it like... To knock out just like a metal, straight up metal record would be kind of boring, if not disappointing to some people. Yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, I think like in the in the end, music is entertainment. And if you fail mm. to entertain, you just kind of failed at music. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, well, it remains to be seen. It's going to be a little harder. I can say that. But um, yeah, just more more rough parts, but also more weird parts. Okay, yeah. So definitely the... I guess, uh, come on down, devil is fine sort of mixture where you really, you take the heavy blues and then you take the heavy black metal stuff as well and combine and sort of, uh, make that the entire record rather than sort of these offshoots of, of other things. Um, I think there'll still be some offshoots. I'm not 100% certain, but, um, I just want to, I just don't want to paint myself in a corner. Oh being yeah. Like the, now all of a yeah. sudden, well, you said the album was going to be like this, yeah, and exactly. now it's not like this. That's What's strange. wrong with you? Yeah, you never want that. Quite. Yeah. Tell me about these musicians that you ended up uh, recruiting, because uh, from uh, Switzerland, is that yeah. right? So I, I can imagine, you know, Switzerland, a very white country. So it's you're not going to find, you know, uh, jazz clubs and soul musicians quite as much, you mm-hmm. know, uh, compared to a place like the States. So I feel like Zeal... Uh, could have gotten a entire blues band and it would have made sense. Zeal could have gotten an, an entire metal band and it would have made sense. So how did you pick out these musicians? Actually, they're just friends of mine who okay. I asked uh, if they want to like go on tour with me on this weird, like strange music adventure, and uh, they were down. I mean, two of them are like stoner doom heads. Yeah, one is like a, a prog, like the drummer. He's just like the Portnoy periphery okay. type guy, mm-hmm. and one is just like a theater dude. Who, oh wow! Yeah, he he can just huh. scream his ass off, but he he does theater. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, on that note, I had to recruit another band to play here because they didn't get their visas to play. Oh bummer! Yeah. So I'm here also to rehearse with these new people to uh, play these four shows that we're going to do in August. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll be at the Vitus one. Yeah, I'm excited <laughs> for that. That'll be so. It's gonna be a, a new band. Yeah. Can you those? say who's in the lineup yet? Uh, I can't yet. Uh, Anyone that we might have heard of? Do you know Bono? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> That'd um, be killer. I haven't seen him play Vitus yet. Well, just yeah. Be be ready for a surprise, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Mm. 
Awesome, oh, man. Now you got me with more questions than answers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think it's a... Well, maybe, maybe. Remains to be seen. So what are you thinking in terms of developing the whole live spectacle? Because you had said in another interview that you kind of want to go a little bit of like the ghost route mm-hmm. and make it a big spectacle, this kind of mesmerizing thing. Uh, what do you have planned? I know... It, working with the stage, some like St. Vitus, a little bit smaller, a little less room for some of that stuff. But what do you have in mind? And what have, what's more of like your pipe dream in the future too, as to where you're going to take this? Um, I think like having a, a bigger choir would be awesome. And oh, yeah. um, just having, I don't want to say like a typical flame stuff on, on stage, but have a little bit of a ritualistic vibe to it would be nice. Mm-hmm. But having played a couple of shows now, um, I noticed that the, the audience doesn't give a shit. I mean, if, if, mm. if the music is good and they're kind of infected by it, that that should be enough. But um, I guess we'll do like a couple of test shows, trying out some weird stuff and see what works and what doesn't. Have yeah. you tried stuff that you know of that for sure just does not work? Not yet, but um, I'm pretty sure that'll happen. <laughs> so. Sure. We were talking earlier and kind of speculating as what could the grandiosity of a ghost-like performance be for a band like Zeal? And we're thinking, man, they could really put some disturbing stuff out there if they yeah. wanted to. So is there, like, a line that you won't cross? Because it could it could feel like a 12 Years a Slave film is happening right before you, and it would be an extremely powerful thing to witness yeah but i think to do something like that needs to be very well researched not to um yeah not to uh bastardize the sure yeah the subject matter and um it's yeah it's very touchy of course mm-hmm. yeah also like we're poor as shit we can't like afford <laughs> <laughs> right yeah well for for now i mean you never know you know ghost huh. started off you know just maybe in ins- their little crappy kind yeah. of costumes maybe ever. instead of bono you meant to say pro bono Oh, there we go. There it is. <laughs> there we go. That's the term. There we go. <laughs> but I mean, like, if you could, ha- if, you know, if you guys did become the next ghost and you were able to have this grand show, like, what's, do you have a, a peak? Um, like a money's no object. What would you yeah, want yeah. kind of thing? I don't know. Look, the, uh, there's this artist. Um, he's called Luca Piazzalanga. He actually built like a guillotine type deal where you can, um, stamp stuff he also did like the the branding iron hmm. um i think since two people actually branded themselves with this thing with like yeah with the sigil of lucifer with the sigil of Lu- well with the band with the logo Z. yeah sweet yeah wow. i mean <laughs> brave decision um to have that happen on stage would be pretty great and wow. uh, to, have to, to bring people up and brand wow. them on stage that would be pretty that great. would be good i bet you could find some people to do that Wait, we There's got to be at least one at every show willing to have it <laughs> yeah, happen. Yeah, like we get a lot of males demanding. but uh, <laughs> Really? I mean, the, the the thing is, no one is really sober at a, at a show. So. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people making poor decisions. Yeah. yeah, for sure. You could crowd surf up and maybe someone just grabs you and yeah. brands you against your will. Like... Uh, you signed something when you came in the door, guy. Exactly. Yeah. But there's this tang of, it's just going to be on your body forever. <laughs> it kind of sticks yeah. with you. Dude, that would be insane. That'd be crazy. I would love to see that happen. I would love to see you get branded. Me? Yep. <laughs> get, Stay you know, tuned to our YouTube channel. It's not the worst thing to have branded on you. It's pretty hardcore. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. Has, has there been any like a uh, politically correct backlash about the the kind of music you're doing or the Devil Is Fine video or anything like that? Yeah, but I mean, mainly from people who don't really know what they're talking about. They yeah, said, it's usually the case. Yeah, I mean, a lot of white people have been uh, not. I don't even want to like differentiate between white and black feedback, but I think it's bold for them to to assume the role of uh, you're handling this in a wrong way, and um. Mm. I don't know. I fail to care. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of people throw out the word offensive when it's just something that's very uncomfortable for them to deal with. Yeah. And a lot yeah, of this can invoke sure. this can invoke some really raw, hard emotions to deal with. And a lot of people might not be comfortable watching a video where, with the stuff that you have in there. But mm-hmm. it's like this happened. And you know what? You know, what's worse than a music video. It actually happening because it did. And yeah. yeah. When you put out images like that, like this, it's a reminder of why we can't have this happen again. And it's important to keep pushing those boundaries and making these people feel uncomfortable because then it makes them think twice when something like this actually does happen in real life outside of music. Because I'm not like putting out answers to any question. I'm just kind of, Mm. yeah, gently confronting people with that. Well, I think that's one of the best things you can hope to achieve when you're an artist is to affect people. Right. Like even if you're affecting them in a way that makes them uncomfortable, you're still getting your message out there. And even if you're offensive to some people or you're making, you know, I watch a lot of stuff that's artistic that makes me feel horrible. Mm -hmm. But I'm also glad that I watched it because it gives you a different experience. Like, Have you gotten any uh, interesting pieces of feedback from fans on how your music made them feel? Yeah, there's a lot a lot of um people saying they felt liberated by it or empowered, yeah. which is great. Uh I think what stuck out to me was this uh youth pastor who actually said he loved it because hmm. he actually entirely got it. He said, "Yeah, um this is like about self-liberation and yeah, I can't really subscribe to the the devil aspect of it, but um the way he saw it was uh like a message of uh unity and liberation." Which is weird. Among oppressed people, I guess, yeah. Yeah, and also he saw that it's, uh, I'm not only, um, what's the word? I'm not uh, appropriating black music, but I'm also appropriating like the Scandinavian music. And in a way that's kind of a hippie thing to do. Like the world's making music together and shit. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, He liked that. So that was was some some good piece of writing that that man did. That's cool. Is that online somewhere? Uh, It's just in my inbox. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. How did he come across it? He didn't mention. Uh, <laughs> you got to send him another email. Yeah. Like, it sounds like it. What, what quarter of the internet were you on? Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Pastor. <laughs> that even is your real name. Have you gotten any uh, interesting feedback from other artists? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Tom Morello really liked it. Oh, that's right. Wow. I've seen that, actually. Yeah. It's a resounding endorsement there. We For played sure. a couple of shows with uh, Prophets of Rage, which was... Beyond really? awesome, yeah. Uh, in Europe, in Europe, yeah. Um, what countries? Luxembourg, Berlin, and uh, London. Uh, Slash likes it, which is also bizarre. That's cool. Gojira, uh, Joe is like a fan. I should actually. He lives here somewhere. I he lives like, in Brooklyn. Yeah, he lives in yeah. Brooklyn. I should give him like a fruit basket or something. <laughs> yeah, <for sure. laughs> yeah. Uh, wow, that's great. I mean. What does it feel like uh, sharing the stage with three quarters of Rage Against the Machine? 
uh, bizarre, man. <laughs> I, I can't even. Yeah, it's it's weird because I mean the audience is obviously there to watch uh, uh, Prophets of Rage. And you have like a, a half an hour window to say, hey, do you guys like this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's a rough thing to introduce to an unsuspecting audience. That's yeah. very difficult. It worked pretty well in, in Brixton. Uh, but um, yeah, you, it's just an entirely different audience. And you, you, you're just basically happy to be there and saying like, hi, Tom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah meeting Tom Borello, that's... That's pretty dope. Yeah, see, this is cool having you in here so early in the game because you're still like overwhelmed and blown away by all the success. And oh, you know, I think I'll always like be. Slash just told me my band is awesome. Like, this thing started <laughs> off as a joke. What's going on? God. Slash to like, I like your band. Like, what? Yeah, it's one thing to have like, oh, like Slash reads Loudwire. Like, wow, Slash reads what I write. Like, Slash likes your band. That's a totally different thing. Yeah, that's. Uh, it's, it's just weird, man. I don't... Uh, yeah, it doesn't make sense. What was the biggest crowd over there? Uh, I think like 10,000. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> this what? is like the most promising start to a career then. I, well, that's... <laughs> in, in extreme metal that anybody. had. I mean, had. that's the, like the audience we mooched off of Prophets of Rage. It's like, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. they did not come to see us. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe a couple dozen people there. To, I mean, we there were was probably least 10 guys. To, yeah. So you're playing to an audience that's more politically minded. So I think they're a little bit more open to this kind of thing than just showing up on, I don't know, throwing out a name it's like Stone Sour or something like that. I'm just throwing out names. Mm. But they're Nickelback at, Light, you mean? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Nickelback Light. <laughs> <laughs> but you're stepping into an audience that's already aware of social issues. A lot more than most audiences. So if people come up to you after the shows who didn't hear of Zeal and Arter before and were just like, you guys are my new favorite band or give you any feedback there? Uh, yeah. Uh, in That happened a lot in Holland or in the Netherlands um, where we played at this festival where like Radiohead and like huge acts played. Like also like borderline indie, but more pop. And we were one of the few harder bands. And... Um, I guess it was enjoyable enough for them because they came up to us and said, yeah, it's very important and we can subscribe to this mixture of cultures and whatever that was. Um, mm. Yeah, that was pretty nice. But how, how about anybody from the non-metal community? A little bit more kind of in the blues area. Those were actually more like a pop indie people, but uh, the blues area, uh, well, they don't really attend our concerts. Not so much. Because <laughs> like, you'll see like every once in a while, Meshuggah will wind up on a jazz festival. And you're like, hey, that makes sense. I mean, they're kind it of kind of makes sense. It that. kind of, but yeah. I'd say for you know ninety nine point five percent of the people there, they're gonna go, "What just yeah. happened?" Yeah. yeah, I could see you guys playing in like an old jazz club up in Harlem or something. Like the people there, I'd you know, down. yeah, yeah, they like those deep grooves. I mean, they there's there's some strong blues in Zeal and Arter for sure. I don't know how much they jam with the whole Satanism thing though. Well. That's probably could true. be a little rough. Yeah, that might be a little weird. Duff grout. <laughs> just just Very. growl the vocals a little bit more so that way I can't <laughs> yeah, understand what you're saying. Maybe reel into it until you hit that first guttural. On that <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so when do you think the a new record's gonna come out? Um, it won't be this year because I I'm kind of uh, anal about it sounding good. Sure. But um. I guess we'll record early next year, and it should be ready by latest July. Awesome. Right. Yeah. So about a year from now. Hmm? Yeah, about a year from now. 
Do you yeah. have a producer in mind? Um, yeah, I do. His name is Rick. No, it's um. <laughs> <laughs> no, he it's would be uh, down with Zeal. <laughs> He's got to no, be down with Zeal. Send him happen. email. No, it's this Austrian guy called Sebo. Sebo. Um. He's like really into Russian circles and weird kind of oh, uh, cool. out there. Great a little man. bit more of that atmospheric yeah. stuff. And um, he does pop records, weirdly enough, primarily. But now <clears> he, <throat> he said um, he wants to get into more subversive stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Cool, man. That can help bring out a lot of different elements of the sound, too. Yeah. So are you writing a little bit with some of his production styles in mind? Um, actually, I'm just recording the demos as they are, like... Devil is fine quality demos, and then we're gonna make them sound gooder in Austria. <laughs> More gooder. More gooder. <laughs> so much better. Cool, man. Well, dude, we appreciate you stopping by so much. Uh, everyone out there, if you haven't checked out Zealanari yet, the album is Devil is Fine. It is one of the most interesting listens that you'll probably hear uh, in a very long time. Sort of a new branch of Metal's family tree may have just sprouted. You never know what'll happen with these guys, so check them out. Devil is fine, and there's going to be a few tour dates in America later this year in August, I think. Yeah. In August. So if you're in Brooklyn, come say hi to us at St. Vitus. I think you're playing Las Vegas at uh, Psycho. Yeah. That's going to be a good Psycho one. Psycho Las mm-hmm. Vegas. One of the, oh, that's a killer lineup, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, who, are you, uh, who are you looking forward to on that bill? Uh, swans, definitely. So, yes. Ooh, yeah. I, I saw your bassist at a Swan shirt. Yeah, so, she has great she's, taste. <laughs> she's gonna miss that show though she's super oh, angry she's probably yeah. pissed yeah bummer well thank you again Manuel we appreciate it man thanks for having me this was sweet awesome awesome alright everyone that was Manuel Gagno from Zeal and Ardor came here all the way from Switzerland to do some press we're happy he dropped by and what I really liked was just seeing him so new to this whole thing. And with the people that we have on this podcast, they've been entrenched in the industry for a while. And, you know, they've been doing interviews forever. And it, you could just see how excited he is. Like when he was talking about Tom Morello yeah. and Slash being fans of his band, like his face just lit up and you couldn't see it. But he was just making, well, you could see it, Graham. You listening couldn't see yeah. it. He's making all these like motions, just like waving his hand in front of his face. You're like, like I don't, I don't, I real. Yeah, and to to share the stage with prophets of rage, to have yeah. to have Tom Morello say, "Hey, come come open for us." You know, that's what happened with Rage Against the Machine. That's what happened. Three months into Rage Against the Machine's career, Public Enemy goes, "Hey, open for us," and that was their Man. first big break. So to have Tom Morello do that for you. Dude, unbelievable, playing for 10,000 people, even if they don't understand why, what the hell you're doing, to be it's, able to play in front of 10,000 people. Yeah, even if the people that were at the show didn't even like the music or weren't sure what to think of it, how do you not go home and at least check it out and see what yeah. it sounds like in the studio versions, read up a little bit about what this guy's doing? Or at least talk about it. It's like, what the hell was that? I mean, that's better than just you know being some generic band and people go, uh, you know. Another metalcore band, mm. another death metal band, whatever, I've heard wow, it. Wow, you sing about Satan, huh? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Another black metal band. Ah, uh, that Azazel. <laughs> <laughs> if you, if you don't know, they're that band 
from Finland who got obscenely drunk <laughs> probably around high noon for a steel fest in Finland. I don't know. What's high noon when like, Never the mind. Azazel is the most interesting satanic band <laughs> in the world right now. Sorry, Manuel. Uh, Manuel, Azazel, Zelenarder, Azazel tour. I, I would see that any day. Dude, I, Azazel is the Zelenarder backing band. <laughs> and then he should be worried. Mm. Gonna have some problems there. Yeah, for Didn't sure. one of the guys doing that performance just put his guitar down? Yeah, I they think had, he just gave up. Yeah, however many members there were in the band, there was one less playing music on stage, though all members were present. In case you don't know what we're talking about, just type in World's Drunkest Black Metal Band. Yep. And you'll see it. And Nice tits! <laughs> Show us your genitals! <laughs> was it, pull down your trousers! Pull down your trousers! <laughs> And Amazing. If you're looking for some more black metal that has a little bit of that blues to it, uh, definitely check out this band, Glory or Belly. That sounds way worse than it actually glory is. It's not or, about glory or, or like belly, belly, like stomach. It's okay. B-E-L-L-I. But they've got some cool kind of uh, bluesy southern stuff to their black metal. Cool. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening to this episode of the Loudwire Podcast. Please... Hit subscribe on iTunes. Give us five stars if you wouldn't mind in a nice comment. Hit subscribe on our YouTube channel. I'll leave us a nice comment there too. Go to loudwire.com for all your daily rock and metal news. Follow us on Twitter, on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at Graham Wire. You can follow me on Instagram at Ice Nerve Shatter. All right, everyone. Thanks so much. You will hear from us next time. Have a good day. Listen to some Zealand on it. I do.